Support for the WSHU podcast Off the Path comes from Webster Private Bank with personalized wealth management services to help clients move forward confidently. WebsterBank.com slash private banking, member FDIC. And from Au Pair in America, cultural exchange childcare for more than 30 years. AuPairInAmerica.com. The highest point in Rhode Island isn't very high. It's more like a slight incline. But it was a tricky, even dangerous point to reach for many years. You can find it in a small clearing just off a state road at a place called Jerimoth Hill. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I seek out places that tell a story on the road from New York to Boston. I put on my hiking shoes and set out to climb the highest point in Rhode Island, Jerimoth Hill. It's a little more than half a mile from the Connecticut border. I meet up with a guy named Stony Burke at the trailhead. How you doing? Good, hi. It's hard to see it from the road until he points to a tiny sign on a tree. Yeah, this is uh, Jerimoth Hill, uh, elevation of 812 feet, the highest point in Rhode Island. Mick Dunn pulls up behind us. These two are veteran high pointers people who try to reach the high point in every state. They're only missing one, Denali in Alaska. They both tried and failed due to weather and high altitude sickness. It takes us less than five minutes to climb Jerimoth Hill from the road. This is the high point of Rhode Island right here. You made it (laughs) all the way. For a long time, this high point was more of a challenge than Denali because of a major obstacle to get to it, a man named Henry Richardson. Richardson owned the land that got you to Jerimoth Hill, and he didn't like trespassers. If Richardson hurt anybody back here, he'd come and chase them off. The actual high point was owned by Brown University. Richardson allowed astronomy students to pass through with their telescopes to stargaze, but no one else. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I didn't experience anything myself personally. Mick says Richardson wasn't home the day he bagged the high point back in the 1980s. Back in those days, we didn't have the internet. What we had back then and relied upon heavily was uh, the old uh, Rand McNally highway maps. Mick found the spot from one of those maps. He walked around until he found the highest point in the area. He didn't know how dangerous the property was. It was only much later he heard the stories about Richardson. You know, he, he had a dog or two that he would, you know, use threateningly to get people to leave. He had a gun that he would at least brandish in the air. You know, how those stories kind of get exaggerated over time. Maybe that's the case. Maybe not. Maybe he did. The High Pointers Club newsletter even warned the members to avoid the area entirely. It stood alone as the only high point that you didn't actually have to go to to get credit for. The club got the state to put up a sign by the road that said the high point was nearby. They told their members... If you want to just stand by the sign and take your picture, we'll count that as a high point for you. Of course, being purists that most of us are, that's never good enough. They actually want to stand on the rock. Eventually, the high pointers worked out a kind of compromise with Henry Richardson. He allowed them to use his trail on special occasions. Stoney says those occasions always turned into big gatherings, sort of like high pointer reunions. Richardson left during those times. He just didn't want to be around. You know, just try to be as nice as we could. We always made sure the place was clean when we left at the end of the day. We used to leave a bottle of wine sometimes at the door. Richardson died in 2001, and a new family bought the property. 
but the following year, another neighbor spotted some people high-pointing on his property. He held them at gunpoint and called the police. It made national news. Then-Governor Lincoln Chaffee stepped in. He was concerned that Rhode Island was just getting bad publicity and bad press over the, the high point itself because he knew of the trespassing issues and, and, and everything else that had gone on. So the state bought the old Richardson place. Brown University sold its land to the state too. And now Rhode Island's highest point of 812 feet is open to anyone. And that makes high pointers like Nick Dunn very happy. It's been a lot more peaceful since then. I wanted to get Henry Richardson's side of the story. I spoke with his partner, Ed Bouchard, who also lived in the house. Ed didn't want to be recorded. He said a lot of the stories about Richardson are wrong or exaggerated. For example, they never owned guns, but they both chased people off the property. He said trespassers crept around the house at night and peered in the windows, sometimes more than a dozen at a time. Henry and Ed couldn't sleep and didn't feel safe in the house. Ed moved to a 20-acre farm after Henry died. He says he now has the peace and quiet he couldn't get on Jerimoth Hill. High Pointer Mick Dunn says he gets where Henry Richardson was coming from. Sort of. If it was me, I'd have a campground up here, I'd have nice hiking trails, not only to the High Point, but all over the damn place. You know, this is my High Point, man. I want to share that with people. The High Pointers Club newsletter published a tribute to Henry Richardson after his death. It was written by High Pointer Richard Rowlett. He called Richardson the protector of Jerimoth Hill. He felt he had an obligation to defend his property. And it ended with the words, I never had the chance to tell him he was right. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I'm on the lookout for wild and little-known stories from New York to Boston.